Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Something's lurking at the edge of the park People be warned, people beware There's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair Hear him cry, hear him howl Looking for someone to disembowel Claws like a hook, eyes like coal Feet so big they're gonna crush your soul They call him Sasquatch This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. I'm Sarah. Here at Yowie Central, we explore the latest on Yowie research in Australia. We hear Yowie witness testimonies and we talk to the seriously dedicated researchers out there. And because I've always been fascinated by all sorts of mysterious phenomena, we slide down rabbit holes galore. Paranormal encounters, UFOs and alien abductions, cryptid creatures, orbs, psychics and anything else kooky and spooky. We're heading to Western Australia today for a Yowie dogman encounter. Sam was travelling around Australia in his van last year and stayed a night alone at Sawpit Gorge in far northern Western Australia. He had a very strange experience there that he can't explain. I'll let him tell the story. Here's Sam. Thanks so much for reaching out and getting in touch with us. Yeah, I figured I should. Like, this isn't, um, you know, just for the record, I've never really read into any of this before or, or honestly really believed anything like this at all. But, you know, I had a pretty crazy experience out in, in Western Australia, which, you know, I'll relate to you and I'd just be curious to see if, you know, you've had any other similar stories. Also, if you, if you know anyone around here that I might be able to talk to, that's I, I've listened to a few of the Indigenous guys talking on your 
audio reports and some of the stuff they said really strikes a chord with what happened to me. So I guess, yeah. So I've, um, for the last half a year, I've actually been traveling around Australia in my van. I built a van. I've been traveling around the country. And back in August, I was in Western Australia. And I was I was traveling through um, the northwestern part of Western Australia, um, inland from Broome. Basically, I was heading in towards Kimberley. Now, a friend of mine had told me about a place called Halls Creek, which is a small town, mostly in a business community there. Small little town, really nice. And a friend had told me that there's a few really nice water holes where you're allowed to camp overnight. Um, they're pretty remote. And, you know, that, that really strikes a call with me. I like getting away from everything. So I um, I headed into Halls Creek and I went to the information center there and I talked to the lady and got the brochure about, you know, what's around the area. Got this excellent little local book, which sort of described where to go. And I set off that, that afternoon. Um, I think this was the 26th of August down a road called the Duncan Road and it's a dirt road which goes east out of Halls Creek. So it's a fantastic area. There's there's like a, a natural quartzite bridge, uh, wall, sorry. There's a swimming hole you can go to right by the town and then as you go along there's like a natural spring and about an hour from the town down this lightly corrugated dirt road getting pretty remote there is a place called Sawpit Gorge and that's what my destination was that afternoon and so I drove for about an hour down this road, got to the town off for, for Sawpit Gorge. Now, I don't have a 4x4. I've got just a highest van, but the, and the road's a 4x4 truck. And I went, screw it. I'm, I'm going to take the van down there because this looks too good. So I took the van and I, I got down the track just fine. Got to the gorge. And um, I was at the top on this like sort of sandy, salty area above looking down into this creek bed. And uh, there's a proper 4x4 truck going down into the creek bed. And I wasn't sure if I'd be, be able to get back out, but I could see that people had camped down on the actual riverbed and it looked so ideal, so nice that I just kind of threw caution to the wind and got the van and bounced it down this track. Got it across the stream. It's a nice little shallow, like ankle deep water, uh, maybe a few meters across. And um, got, got the van across this riverbed and onto these river stones. This place is absolutely amazing. It's like this um, nice freshwater creek with these big, soft, weathered um, stones that make the bed. So it's very easy to stand on. It's not dirty at all. And I was in the basically in the prime spot right by the this little bend in the edge of what, almost like a lagoon. And there's this beautiful swimming hole. And it's overshadowed by this giant red jagged cliff. I think that's why it's called Sawpit Gorge. It looks a bit like a sawtooth. Um, and I was, I was there, I think it was a Wednesday or a Thursday. And I was there by myself. It's the middle of the week. I'm about an hour from a remote town in, in a pretty remote part of Western Australia. And so there was really no one else around and I had the place to myself and I kind of made myself at home. I, I got naked here and went for a skinny tip in this um, swimming hole. The whole time, the whole place, it really felt old. And, you know, the rocks underfoot, they're completely weathered and round and there's not much water flow there. So, you know, these stones are really ancient. The place feels pretty, pretty awesome. I felt really calm and relaxed there, you know, and just, um, yeah, you know, messed around, had a skinny dip. Came back out. I'm a rock climber. That's what I do for fun. So I got back out of the water and I actually went to the top of that big jagged cliff and I repelled off a tree and just kind of stood at the top and, you know, had a look around and I repelled and a rope came down. Anyway, I decided to stay there that night. Um, I felt really comfortable there. I, you know, after an approach, I, I made a camp, I made a fire and I'll tell you everything that happened just so completely transparent. But what what I did is um, a few months before this, I had been at a place called Red Bluff in Western Australia and a friend 
I don't usually do this. It's not my thing, but my friends have actually given me a little bit of um, bushweed. Now, I don't usually smoke that stuff. I've done it with friends around a fire. I'm not a big user of that sort of thing. Um, but I've never tried it by myself. And I decided, okay, this is the perfect place. I'm completely remote. There's no one around. I'll roll a very small amount and smoke that and have dinner and buy the fire. And I did. So I made dinner. I smoked this thing. And I just have to stress that I wish I didn't do this because I think it throws a bit of shade on my credibility for the story. But um, it wasn't hallucinogenic in any way. Like I'd had it a bit before with some friends. It, it's just kind of mellows you, mellows you out a bit. Yeah, so I'm sitting there. I'm a little bit high. Not too much at all. And I'm just hanging out. I'm feeling really at peace in my isolation out there. You know, there's no one around. I've got this roaring fire in front of my feet. What is what is edged by me under this cliff on this river? And all of a sudden, that, that, that isolation, that karma I had in that isolation, turned into vulnerability really quickly because from my right-hand side, I was facing the lagoon. Um, I would have been about 10 metres from the water's edge, across the water and what sounded like up over the cliff, like on top of the cliff. I heard a roar and it it sounded relatively distant, probably a few hundred meters away or it's echoing over the cliff, I suppose. But it, I heard it. It was like a, I'll try and imitate it. It was like a, like this. And I, my, my immediate thought was, oh yeah, that's probably just a koala or, or a cow or something. But I didn't really have much time to think about it because literally two seconds after I hear this sort of echoing roar, I heard another noise which really chilled my blood and, and sort of made me feel quite scared. And I heard a yell. That's what I would describe it as. And it was like a really guttural yell. And this occurred from my left. So I just heard a roar to my right across this water and up across the cliff. And then immediately from my left, a very close and very loud yell. And it's it was directly across the riverbed that I was on. So there's no natural barrier for me in this noise. And if it sounded like it was maybe a hundred meters from me across the riverbed and in the trees that are looking down up a slight hill down into the Creek bed that I was staying in. And it sounded guttural and it sounded like this. It was like, uh, I don't know if it was come across on the phone, but it was like someone yelling like brap like this. So it was like a brap like that really guttural, incredibly loud. And it, it just filled the entire camp. And yeah, so so I've just heard a roar. Literally two seconds later, from the opposite side that I heard this roar, I hear this yell. And it sounded like it was really directed down at me. Now, I have to stress, I was not off my face at this point. I, I know what I heard, and this was definitely real. I wasn't imagining things or hallucinating anything. And I got really scared really quickly. I stood up, I went straight to my van. I've got my head torch. I've got a pretty bright head torch and I've got a, uh, a knife, which is like my only sort of thing that I carry on me. And I strapped that to my leg. Cause I thought my first thought was, you know, someone's up there, you know, some, I was thinking that maybe there's some indigenous people in this area. Cause there are remote communities out in the area. Maybe they're not happy that I'm staying in this gorge or maybe they want to have a go at me. I'm by myself. I'm completely isolated. I don't even know if I can get my van out of the track that I parked at. It's about seven o'clock at night, by the way. It's just got dark. Like, um, So yeah, I felt pretty exposed. So I, so I got my head torch. I walked maybe five, six meters from my van into the open area of this riverbed and just stood there and shunned my torch into the tree line where I'd heard this yell. And I was just looking for someone up there. I stood there for maybe 10 minutes 
I, I called out, hello, is anyone there? And I did, I couldn't see anything. And it was dead quiet. There was no other noise that I could hear. I couldn't hear anything moving. And I guess I, I just felt pretty freaked out. And I really felt like I was being watched. And I felt a bit surrounded. And, um, but I decided in that moment, look, there's not much I can do. I don't think I can get the van out tonight. And I don't particularly want to try driving it in the dark, you know, up this track. So I went, all right, I'm just going to ride this out. I went back to my van. I packed up the kitchenette, which comes at the rear of my van, which prevents me from closing up my door in the rear. So I packed that away as quickly as I could, threw the dishes onto the ground, basically, <laughs> closed up the door, doused my fire, went into my van. I closed and locked the doors, pulled the curtains, got my knife and put it next to me on my bedside. So I've got a bed in the back of the van and just tried to ride this out and, you know, just hopes, you know what, if, if, if it's someone out there, hopefully just leave me alone. It'd be fine. Um, and yeah, so I ended up falling asleep. Um, and this is where the story gets a bit weird, but I just want you to hear me out, um, with it. So I, um, I usually have pretty vivid dreams. Um, I've always been good at remembering and writing them and sharing them with people, but I, I had a very vivid dream when I was asleep and it didn't, this really didn't feel like a normal dream. It was very very real feeling and nothing was abstract like you would have in a normal dream it felt like i was really there and um in this dream i was standing just outside of my van on the riverbed where where i was camping um it was dark but i what i could see everything was as it was in the gorge that i just camped in you know um i'm standing on the riverbed i'm facing towards the water's edge towards the cliff uh where the little where I had the first roar from, actually the same direction as that. I'm I'm just standing outside and I'm feeling very calm, and I see a figure kind of appear out of the darkness from the water's edge, and come striding very swiftly over towards me, and um, it was it's hard to <laughs> yeah it's hard to describe um you know that saying crazy but um it was a maybe about a foot taller than me. I'm about six foot three. This would have been maybe about seven-ish foot. And it very swiftly strode quickly and I would say almost slightly aggressively towards me. And it stopped about a meter in front of me and just stared at me for about two seconds and then turned and walked away from me out of my line of sight. I didn't turn to face it. And what it looked like, it was about seven foot or so tall and it was covered in long, brown fur i'd say it would be like two to three inches long brown fur all over its body and the weird thing about this which doesn't really fit about all the stuff i've been listening to on your site um it had the the head of like a wild dog is how i would describe it i know it sounds ridiculous but it had the the head of like a wild dog like a very pointed quite a long muzzle and it was incredibly muscular but leaf so it wasn't really thick set it was like almost like a really buff gymnast. Like it had these really long arms that probably hung down to its knees. The arms were very, like the forearms and the biceps were very like pronounced. It was very strong looking and it walked really quite quickly. And, it, you know, so it came right up to me. Um, it felt in a way almost aggressive, but it didn't do anything to me. It stopped about half a minute, you know, a meter or so in front of me, stared at me for about two seconds. I'm just looking at it completely calm in the state that I was in this dream, I suppose. And it, it turned and then walked 
to my left um, towards my where my van was. I didn't turn in the dream to face where it walked. It just walked away as quickly as it went. Now, this only took about five seconds, five or six seconds. So I'm standing there. I look to my right towards the in- entrance track where I'd come down where the trees are. And I, I looked there and another figure walked out towards me. And this one was different again. And this one was shorter than me. And it walked swiftly, but it, it felt calmer than the other one. It, it walked fairly swiftly over towards me. Um, it was about a foot shorter than me. So, you know, five, five and a half feet tall, something like that. The top of its head was probably in alignment with about my nose. It walked from the tree line calmly but swiftly towards me. It was covered in sh- like medium to longish sh- um, black straight shiny fur or hair all over its body it except for its palms of its hands and its face and its feet which didn't have hair and had like this um i would describe as like a thick light brown leathery looking skin and it yeah really looked like if you took an ape in person and gave it slightly more human features yeah so i got a really good look at this thing like I was staring at it for a fair while and I remember it very vividly and it, it, um, the face, it kind of, uh, almost like a heart shaped face. Um, the line on top of it, it came down to a point in the middle of its forehead slightly to make my heart shape fall on its forehead. It had a, two eyes, which were quite large, um, brown and inset. I guess like, you know, thinking about it, its nose and its mouth were slightly pronounced. And yeah, it had like this thick leathery looking skin. And I really remember thinking at the time that and realizing looking at it that its face was more stoic than a human's. Like it didn't look like it would have as much expression. It was more like this blank stationary expression and these eyes. And it, it walked straight up to me and stood literally like half a meter in front of me, like right in front of my face and stared into me, like right into my face. And this is where the story gets a bit weird. Um, you know, it's looking at me and we had a conversation and I know this sounds odd, but like we didn't talk. Um, I didn't verbalize anything to it and it didn't, it definitely didn't make any noises, but we had a conversation and it, I was, it was almost like I was able to pick up what it wanted from me just by its intention. Like it was able to tell me what it, I just knew what it wanted from me. And it was staring there, looking at me calmly, but kind of firmly. And it wanted to know who I was. And why I was there, why I was in this gorge. And I told it, hey, you know, I'm, I'm Sam. Um, I'm just traveling, you know, I'm just staying here overnight. Someone, you know, I'll be leaving tomorrow. And it questioned, you know, I told it who I was. And then from it, I picked up this sort of question of, are you aggressive? And I remember actually thinking, oh, crap, you know, and I apologized to it. And I said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to stand in the open before with my knife. I didn't, I'm not aggressive. I was just a bit scared and I wasn't sure what I, what I heard. And I actually apologized to it. And I remember realizing in this dream, whatever it was, that it was the noise I heard. It was the rap noise that I heard. Anyway, um, this is where the, the dream sort of loses focus and gets a bit fuzzy and I don't remember anything else. All I remember now is that I woke up in my bed, in the van, and I woke up with a start. Like I sat upright. I grabbed my knife off the side of my bedside and I pulled it up in front of me and I said very loudly, what do you want? 
because sitting at the foot of my bed in the van, it's a figure pretty much the same as what I'd just seen, hunched over with its head on its hand, staring at me intently, just watching me. And I immediately, it was terrifying to see that. And, you know, I just sat up and said those two sentences to it, you know, who are you, what do you want? And then I couldn't move. I was frozen. I could not move. And I realized, because I've had this a few times in my life, maybe twice before, it, this was sleep paralysis. And so I didn't stay scared. I went, oh, okay, I'm just having sleep paralysis. This is just a nightmare. And um, I, you know, I kind of sat there and it felt like it took minutes, but it probably wasn't that long. I just sat there with my knife clenched in front of me, couldn't move, looking at this figure. It's staring at me. And slowly that image I could see of it faded away and it disappeared into the, you know, the, like the shadows of my curtain uh, in the front of my cab and van. And I was able to put my knife down. I can move. And I lay back in bed. And to my surprise, I don't know why this was even impossible after that happened, but I lay back in bed and I went out like a brick. Like I fell asleep immediately and I woke up um, the next morning. So uh, let me just continue because I just want to continue the rest of the story why this actually, you know, became something I wanted to talk about because I woke up the next morning and it's a beautiful sunny day in this gorge. I get, I feel fine. I feel great. And I get up and I go, oh, okay. I, I rationalized it. Like I, I'm a pretty logical person. I don't really believe in any religions or even any sort of spiritual stuff or any without solid proof. And and so I woke up the next morning, I rationalized it. I went, okay, here's what happened last night. I smoked a little joint. I heard some animal noises in the night or a person. Maybe someone was yelling down at me in the gorge because it sounded quite like quite like a human would make that noise, like a very guttural sort of yell, but it was sort of human in sound. So, you know, I've heard of maybe an animal and then someone's yelled down at me in the gorge or an animal, like a goat or something's made a noise. I've been a little tiny bit high. I've gone, I freaked out. I've gone to bed. I've had like an intense weird dream. And then I've, I've had sleep paralysis. And I've, I left it at that. I went, okay, that's fine. I'm happy with this explanation. And I, you know, I got everything together. I got the van. I managed to get out of the four by four track just, and I continued on my way back towards Halls Creek down that dirt road. And, um, this is where the story gets a bit weirder. And this is why I feel like something actually happened when I was in that gorge, because I went to a place called Carolyn pool. It's about 10 meters. It's like 10 minutes from Halls Creek. And I pulled up there that afternoon to camp out there that night. Now being so close to um, the town, it was a Friday afternoon now. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. So it was Thursday before and now it's Friday. There was a few indigenous families down by the, by this uh, swimming hole. I just was swimming. I played with some of their kids, came over and were annoying me and uh, helped them swim and, you know, just messed around. And um, there was three Indigenous women who were sitting on the edge of the water having drinks in the afternoon. And I really wanted to go over and just have a chat to some Indigenous people from the area because I hadn't yet. And um, so I went over and got to talking to them. And, you know, the usual conversation sort of started. They went, oh, yeah, so, you know, where are you from? Where, where, where have you come from? And I said, oh, I've just come from Sawpit Gorge, actually. Um, I stayed there last night. I hadn't told them anything about what happened. I just said I'd just been to Sorpy Gorge. The oldest of the three, she would have been in her 60s, I think, immediately turns to me, looks at me and goes, did you sleep okay? As if, as if I wouldn't have. And this really caught me off guard. And I went, no, actually, I heard some like a weird roar and like this yell, some noises in the night when I was there by myself. And she kind of nods her head and she doesn't look that surprised. And she goes, yeah, that's, you know, a lot of people have reported hearing noises in Sawbrook Gorge like that. 
Now, my first thought, first cynical thought is, you know, okay, she's Indigenous here. They must, but then maybe they're messing with people. Maybe there's a person out there, you know, yells down at tourists to scare white tourists or white boys or whatever. And I told this to them, I went, okay, is there someone out there messing with people? Is this a sort of a game you guys play? And she, they all laugh, kind of look at each other like, you know, that's ridiculous. And they go, no, 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 it's it's not that at all. Um, it's something that our elders have taught us about in this gorge, and it's a hairy man. And I go, I've never heard of a hairy man, mind you. I've never, this is not something I'm familiar with. And I go to them, I say, okay, well, what's a hairy man? And she goes, well, it's what you would describe as a Yeti or a Bigfoot or like an ape man. Um, we call it a Yungu in our native tongue in this area. Um, yeah, it's a hairy man. Our elders have taught us about it being there, and they taught us that it gets curious about people who stay there, and it calls out to let you know that it's there. And what it wants to know is who you are and why you're there. Now, I had not told them anything about my dream at this point. So I go to them and I say, oh, that's really weird. Like, I had this really vivid, intense dream. It didn't really feel like any of my other dreams. It was very real feeling um, that this, what I would describe as an eight hairy man, like, you know, came walking over to me and we had a conversation, asked me who I was and why I was there. And she just kind of looks at me and nods and goes, yeah, you weren't dreaming. You're sleepwalking. It was checking you out. And I kind of glazed over that at the time because I was pretty sure I was dreaming. And I also told them about the one with the dog's head, but they didn't really have much to say about that. And we continued talking. And just to add even more to this story, she goes, I hadn't told them about my sleep paralysis yet, but she goes to me and she says, they can freeze you. They can make you stuck so you can't move. And then I, I, I just was flabbergasted. I went, you're kidding, because I woke up in my van and I, I sat up, I grabbed my knife, and then I was frozen. And this thing was sitting at the foot of my bed. And, you know, I had sleep paralysis. And they all kind of looked at each other at this point and were like kind of nodding and going, oh, yeah, you've had like the full sort of kidding caboodle here with this. And um, I'm just completely blown out of the water because I was happy leaving what happened to me last night as like a bad dream and a sleep paralysis thing. And they just completely told me what happened to me without me telling them. And yeah, uh, I ended up staying there that night. But honestly, like after this has happened, um, the more I've thought about it, the more like I know what I heard and I know what I felt. And the more I think about that dream that I had, the less I think it's a dream. Like it, it really felt very vivid the things I saw were very vivid too. I remember it really well. I've actually been a bit wigged out now. Like I was traveling through Western Australia after this and I really didn't like being in remote places after that by myself. Like I, I really tried not to be cooking dinner at the back of my van after dark because I felt exposed having it, you know, having it leaving my back door of my van open. I just, I felt really wigged out. And um, I've been, I was losing sleep for a good time after that because her words about saying you weren't dreaming, you were asleep you're sleepwalking have just eaten at me because you know i went into my van and locked the doors because i felt safe there that was my like little safe place that's my house and um the idea that i you know was puppeted like you know just went to sleep and it didn't matter it wanted to see me and it, it got me out of my van and basically had a convo and you know asked me who i was that's terrifying in a way but i have to stress that you know with this encounter it it wasn't aggressive the second one anyway 
it, it wasn't aggressive. It was just curious. It didn't feel like it wanted to hurt me at all. It was just really curious about me. Um, the first one, I really don't know what that is. I don't know if you have any stories that are similar to what I described, but it didn't feel passive. It felt quite full on. Like it walked pretty quickly over to me and kind of stared me down for a good few seconds and then moved away kind of like it was pissed off with me. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's my story. I know it sounds a bit out there because it's less of like a, I was, you know, I actually saw something when I was awake or, you know, um, but that's, that's what happened to me and Kimberly and it's affected me quite a lot. And um, yeah, I feel like I've, something sort of happened out there and um yeah that's that's the story really i don't know what else to say no um, wow sam what a what an amazing it's not out there i mean you, you're talking to someone who interviews yaoi witnesses full time so um it's not anywhere more out there than anything else i've heard yeah. how fascinating i i get the feeling it was more than just a dream well that's you know maybe it's just me you know thinking about it a lot and you know, talking about it, so it feels more and more real over time. But honestly, I, I like at the time when I went to that that swimming hole in the afternoon, I talked to Lise. I was still thinking about the dream that I had that night. Like it, it didn't. It was really intense and it was really vivid. And even before I talked to them, even though I'd written it off as just a weird dream experience, you know, I, I felt like I was still thinking about it. Like I was sitting there going, "Man, that was really weird and really intense." Like it felt, and you know, when I when I remember it it doesn't come back to me as if it was a dream. It, it's like a memory of actually being awake and like I can picture what they looked like exactly. And um, yeah, it still gives me the heebies a bit when I think about it because it's, it's really intense. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not surprised. So j- just thinking about that first creature in in your, we'll call it yeah. a dream, but maybe it wasn't, the dog like creature can you describe that the face for me a little bit more so yeah did it have did it have ears sticking out the top of up the top of its head yes i believe it did i think they were slightly pointy Mm -hmm. and uh not very tall maybe maybe 50 mil 60 mil six centimeters or so from memory thinking about thinking about that that face, if you can picture it in your mind, so you, you reckon yeah. it's it had po- slightly pointy ears at the top of its head or coming out the side? So they were pointing upwards and they would have been on the – they were going upwards and they were mostly on the crown of its head on the sides. And you said the face was was kind of long and pointy. Yeah, it didn't look like – like what people describe, you know, listen to other videos about like a, like a, um, a heavy man or a Yeti, Yali. It didn't have a human face at all. Like it was very much, uh, it had in, like, like honestly, just like a wild dog's head with a long pointed muzzle, quite angular features. Okay. But bipedal. Yes. So yeah. I know it sounds ridiculous and this is the bit that I go, what did I see there? Because Honestly, if you picture like a sketch of what a werewolf looks like, like a tall, upright werewolf, like that sort of, you know, those people schedule, like, you know, that's nearly exactly what this thing looked like. It, it was about seven feet tall, very muscular. So like imagine like a really muscular, bipedal, long-armed creature. The legs were shorter in proportion than the rest of its body would be if it was a human. So like slightly shorter legs, really quite long arms, upright, a nice 
thick chest, very big shoulders and deltoids up to its head. Like it didn't have a long neck at all. It's like the, the head was pretty much built into the deltoids down to the shoulders. Really big round shoulder muscles and then like really long athletic looking arms. And um, yeah, brown fur. Was there any expression on the face? Expression. It definitely wasn't a human face. Uh, I would say no, it wasn't like pulling any sort of expression at me. It just looks kind of, I imagine what it would look like generally. Um, it wasn't snarling. It wasn't bearing teeth or anything. Um, it was just like walking up to me with its mouth closed, sort of staring down at me. I don't think it really had an expression, if that makes sense. It's hard to, yeah, yeah. it's like asking, did your dog have an expression, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, true, um, true, <laughs> true, yeah. true. So when it looked at you, it didn't open its mouth or move its eyebrows no. or move its face at all? No, it it really strode, it didn't, it didn't do any of that, no. It really just walked, in the space of about five seconds, it crossed probably 20 metres and it walked straight up to me. And just sort of looked at me. It 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 felt intense, like its eyes, and it is. I guess its body language is very intense, and it felt very much like, you know, I was amazed at how calm I was, and even if this was a dream, I was not scared at all. I was just existing in like oh, I forgot to mention that it was like I was existing in the um, the most natural, neutral way that I am. I was just calm, and I was just standing there looking at it, and it. I didn't react to it at all, and it, it just walked straight up and stopped quite close to me and looked at me intensely for about two seconds, turned and then just quickly straight away from me, and then almost immediately the other one came over to me. I have heard quite a few stories of creatures like that. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. So have you ever heard of – there is a – a creature that people report seeing in the United States and more and more here in Australia too is what's nicknamed in the United States as Dogman. Dogman. Okay, I've had one other person I've told the story to mention that. Yeah. I haven't actually looked it up or seen any other videos about it. It seems um, to be like your, your werewolf-looking creature. That's perhaps where we get our legends of werewolves and why we have them as part of our culture and in many other cultures around the world is because of this strange, cryptid, dog-like, man-like yeah. creature? Honestly, I was, I've was i been thinking a lot about it and I wouldn't be surprised because I know it sounds silly, but what you would describe as a werewolf is exactly what this looked like. Honestly, that's one of the things I've been... I've been really... I'm, I'm not afraid of the dark. Like, I haven't been since I've been about 12. And um, I was really comfortable going into the bush and just camping by myself. I have not done that since, mm-hmm. properly. Because of the, the hairy man, if you want to call it the other one, was a hairy man. Um, it, it wasn't scary to me. Like, it, it didn't want to hurt me, and I could pick that up. It was just curious, and it was smaller than me. But this other one, I have no idea what that was. And it did not – it felt wild. The idea that if something like that is real scares the living crap out of me. The more I think about its face and its snout just its, and its muscularity, it's terrifying. Like, it was powerful, this thing. Uh, if it wanted to kill me, I, I imagine it would just rip me in half. Yeah. Just, you know, like it didn't want to. It, was, it just felt like I was getting a stern reprimand or something. <laughs> was, the, was the – when it walked towards you, did it yep. – uh, you said it's bipedal, but was the gait similar to a human? Did it walk like a human being? 
Yes, it swung its arms more. Okay. And more, its, its gait was sort of like more of a, every time it stepped, it kind of went up and down a bit more. Um, like, its, it, like its torso sort of went up and down with its gait as it walked. Right. Um, a bit more than so I say what a human was. Its arms swung quite a fair bit because they were quite long. And it, its its speed was very swift with its walk. Um, and I'd say its steps were quite, like its stride was quite large um, and quiet too. I, you know, I didn't hear it at all coming across the stones towards me, like the, the sort of riverbed stones. Right, which normally clack when you walk over them. They, they click together. Yeah, they, they make like yeah. a little like crinkling, they're like yeah. big pebbles, you know. Yeah. So like when you're walking, you hear kind of hear them like grinding a little bit on each other. This thing, no noise. Same with the other one too. It didn't make a noise. Did you notice when it was standing in front of you, did you notice it breathing or making any noise? I don't recall it making any noise. Okay. Um, it was breathing. Um, I don't remember hearing it breathe though, but it was definitely breathing as it was standing in front of me to see it's did you get a feeling for whether it was male or female i get the impression that one was male that's i did not get a look of any genitals though <laughs> right. I, I had a few seconds and i was very much looking right at its head yep because uh, it was looking right at me um, and but I, I think i'd like to think that was a was a male yeah it was pretty big. Like, it, I wish I could. I wish I was a better sketch artist. I'm going to get my friend to sketch it for me. Um, I was. Th- I was actually going to ask you if you could sketch both of those creatures for me. I, so I, that would I be can great. try and sketch it. I'm a terrible sketch artist. I've got some friends that can sketch, though. Maybe my sister can do it for me. She's a good artist. But um, I, I, yeah, I wish I could sketch it for you. But like, just imagine, imagine like human arms, but give it like really bulging, so like a thin wrist to a big hand. Uh-huh. bulging to a big, powerful forearm, reducing in size at the elbow, and then increasing in size up through the tricep-bicep area, going down again just before the shoulder, and then a big, round shoulder muscle. So like just like a really athletic gymnast, sort of like someone's arms like that, yeah. but just covered in, in fur and uh, bigger. And um, big deltoids on its shoulders, like almost like a triangular profile from its shoulder up to its head. Yeah. Like this thing was strong. Yeah, then like this head of like a wild dog. Did you get a feeling for whether it might have been an older creature or a young creature, a teenager? Or... It didn't seem old to me. It didn't seem like it was a really grizzled old thing. Mm-hmm. I would say this thing felt like it was in its, like if it was a human, I would guess and say it's like in its prime, like a 30-year-old. All right, let, can we move on to the second creature that you saw? Yeah. Yep, yeah, absolutely. This is the, I know I can describe this one better because um, I got a longer look at it and like it was right in front of me and you know kind of stared at his face for a good while and yeah, like I'd love to hear if you could tell me a little bit more about the face, whether there were yeah. whether it moved its face. Did not. I remember like writing this in my journal because I journaled about every day of my trip and I really wrote just extensively about this. It really had a stoic face, like it, it did not change its expression much at all while it was looking at me. It just had this very neutral, almost blank expression. Its eyes were quite intense, though. Like, I could tell it was really staring into me and, like, questioning me. Um, it didn't open its mouth at all. It didn't grimace. It didn't growl. It was just, like, a blank, neutral expression staring at me, staring up at, at me into my face. You said it had a kind of a heart-shaped face. 
Yeah, I would describe it as that. Like the profile made by the fur on its head, around its head. So everything on it was hairy except for the basically its, its face and its palms and its feet. Everything else was covered in like this very shiny, you know, medium length, so like 50 or so. Um, straight, it looked shiny um, in the night. Uh, black, black hair, fur, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, so that profile of its face, and I do remember very distinctly that the hair going up over its forehead came like in almost like a heart, the top of a heart, uh-huh. like it kind of like made two half moons, and they came down at a slight point right in the middle of its forehead. And with that, with that being, did you get a feeling of uh, gender? Yeah, it was male. You, you... Yeah, I didn't see genitals again, but it definitely was a male. That's how I felt from it. Yeah, and what yeah. about age? Age, um, that's really hard to tell. Um, look, it didn't look grey or anything. Um, it it looked, had a really healthy-looking set of fur all over it. It's very shiny. Once again, I, I would say it felt about that, you know, um, not old but not young, so about the same age, probably 30, 40, if it was a human. And was it as powerfully built as the first creature? No, it was a lot smaller in stature like um it's probably still stronger than me but um it was how to describe it it was more leaf so it was a thinner build thinner and slighter particularly compared to the other one and it was shorter than me it would have been honestly the size like not much bigger than your standard human this creature okay were the muscles defined or? Yes. Yeah, yes. they were. Sorry. Yeah. Um, sorry. It was, in terms of overall size, it wasn't much bigger than like a normal person, but the muscles in the arms and it, its body, and particularly its upper body, were, were very well defined. I could see the shape of its muscles through its fur. In that, that dream or, or mm-hmm. dreamlike state, yeah. did it approach you? Did you see it walking towards you? Yes, I did. And, and can you describe that movement, that gait for me? Very smooth um, and very quiet and quite fast. And I would describe the movement as it was just like a very um, bipedal movement. So um, similar to a human, um, except it, it once again, its legs were a little bit shorter than ours would be by proportion. So it was more, it was more squat like an ape would be. It swung its arms slightly. As it moved, it definitely was not like trying to lean over and use its arms for walking or anything like that. It was very upright. Very, okay. I would honestly say the way it moved was very regal. Like it, it commanded presence. Like the way it moved, it seemed very confident and it seemed very direct. Like it wasn't wasn't beating around. Like it really wanted to come up to me, and it did. Like it wasn't unsure or anything. Um, yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you had the conversation the mind speak or telepathic conversation did you hear did you hear its voice in your head no that's the weird thing it's so hard to describe but it's not like it had a voice i don't remember a voice at all i try to recall like a sound of a voice that wasn't one because it didn't verbalize anything it was like it just sent me its intention like its question and i just knew what it was wanting me to do uh-huh. does that make sense yeah yeah it does like i know that sounds so weird i've never had anything like this happen before. <laughs> it's not it weird like, to me was, mate <laughs> okay oh yeah that's a good way to, uh, to describe it actually um so the way i've described it to other people and told the story is it it was like it wasn't like talking to a human it was very much like talking to something else like it felt like i was talking to something completely different to a human like it, its brain the way it thought was not the same as us at all it felt almost primitive in a way, like more primitive, like, I don't know, like you're trying to take a computer and, and get it to talk to a, um, a typewriter or something, like <laughs> trying to translate to a different language, like completely. And, and so like, it was almost like it was completely based on, on feeling or like this intention. I don't know how to describe it. I really don't have the, I don't think I have the tools to describe what happens. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Sometimes it's really difficult with, with with experiences like that to to actually come up with English language words to describe something quite yeah, co- something I, quite complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was it was really cool. And like honestly, um, you know, I was super stoked right after it happened because I remember thinking like, oh, this is amazing. Like I got so excited. I was like, okay, if I actually really just met a hairy man and had a discussion with it, like holy crap, that's amazing. I had no idea this sort of thing could even exist and i have to stress that i have not been big on the whole yaoi thing I'd, I'd never watched any videos about them i hadn't even been familiar with many stories about them at all so i had no idea what a hairy man was when that indigenous lady was like it's a hairy man and i went what's that <laughs> and um yeah but it, it, i was really excited because like i really felt um like i was talking to something that maybe a lot of white guys particularly have never had that experience Oh, wow. Yeah, Maybe not absolutely. Maybe people would have that experience ever. And I don't know why it happened to me. I don't know if it's just because I was alone. Maybe it was because I had smoked something earlier. Maybe that made me more susceptible. Uh, I, don't, I have no idea. Look, um, I, I'm, I, with regards to the weed, if you, if, you, if you smoked something really light, you said you, 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 you didn't smoke a whole lot. Weed isn't really no, a hallucinogenic. It isn't. And this is particularly not like that at all. It's just like a very mellow smoking at all. And I, I felt that just very relaxed and very just like chilled out. You know what, it, what it's like. Um, yeah, it can make you a bit paranoid, but it doesn't sound well, like you had that feeling either. Like I think it heightened my sense of anxiety when I heard the yell and the roar. That really caught me off guard, and I, I was put on edge quite quickly. Yeah, but I think I stayed fairly calm. Like I went and I, I went and got my torch. Honestly, I think when this happened, I was on the I was on the down from whatever I'd smoked. It was coming out of me at that point. Yep. But I, you know, I remained fairly calm. Like I. I, my first thought was, oh, shit, I'm surrounded by people. Like, there's someone out there that's maybe going to have a go at me. And so my first reaction was, okay, what do I do? Okay, get my knife, show them that I have a weapon, 
and sort of confront it and like try and just see what's in the trees and just be brave that way. That was my first thought, um, which is what I did. Um, but I, honestly, I feel like it, <laughs> I kind of laugh at it now because I go, you know, if I was actually like sleepwalking, if that's what happened. I don't sleepwalk ever, by the way. I've never done that. So this would be a new thing. And maybe, it yeah, was, was, maybe sleepwalking, maybe astral traveling too. It could have been something like that. Maybe. Um, um, you know, that's, it, yeah, it's hard to describe, but it really felt like I was there on, on the, on the riverbed and, um, this thing really, they both really came up to me, you know, thinking about it, I've been really unsure whether what I've actually experienced is a fully physical thing. Like I was actually outside and there were actually these things standing in front of me or if it, I don't really believe in this sort of stuff. So I'm really not, I don't know what to say here, but if it's more of a spiritual thing, like what happened to me was I was talking to something that wasn't quite physical maybe a bit of both worlds um and that's sort of how it felt because i can't really explain how else i would be able to talk to it how yeah. else i'd be able to have a conversation with something yeah you know if it and wasn't like that what about the so the 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 when you went back to your van and went to sleep but then woke up and realized that there was a creature crouching at the end of the van was that the same creature as the second mm. Yeah, it's yeah, it was. the same being um, you, you felt. Same, same being, yeah. Um, I remember seeing it was pretty hard to see in the darkness, but I could see its shape mm-hmm. and I could see its face. And um, I could see that the face wasn't hairy and that it was outlined by long hair around its head. And it was sort of, imagine someone sitting, sort of sitting on the bedside table, I suppose, with its head on its hand, like resting its head on its hands, kind of looking at something curiously. You know how you'd like stare at something, kind of like with your head in your hand, just staring yeah, at it, like, yeah, yeah. hello, I'm looking at you. That's what it was doing. And it was just kind of staring at me. And this is the other thing that I'm unsure about. And maybe some comments, if this gets put on YouTube or whatever, maybe someone's going to lie to me on this. But, um, you know, when I sat up, I've had sleep paralysis twice before during my life, when I was a kid and then when I was a teenager. Both times it happened, I was dead stock frozen from the moment I opened my eyes. Like I, I could not command any part, any faculty of my body. I, I couldn't speak. I couldn't move. And I saw like a shape in the shadows, right? That's pretty, that's pretty typical of sleep paralysis. What I can't explain about this particular one is I sat upright. I was able to move. Like I sat upright. I grabbed my knife and I said, who are you? What do you want? And then I was frozen. Like I was frozen after that. And I watched this thing just stare at me. Almost like it almost felt whimsical. Like it was just kind of staring at me, um, kind of almost assessing me in a way, but kind of with a bit of, I don't know, I felt like it was just kind of messing with me. I don't know. Like, and it, it kind of, you know, then drifted away into the night and, and, and then I fell back to sleep. But you know, I've never had sleep paralysis where I can move first and then be frozen. No, that's weird. I've, I've had a lot of sleep paralysis in my life, particularly when I was uh, a teenager and in my twenties. I still it still happens uh, every now and then, but I certainly haven't ever had that experience either where I've woken up and then and moved and then not be able to move. That's more unusual, yep. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I've been thinking about and I've been really meaning to look up if that's a normal thing. I haven't. Um it doesn't yeah, it's just just a bit weird. Wow. And I don't have that often. I've only had it twice. It's very rare that I get that sort of thing. I've had very vivid dreams while in that state too. I mean, I, I remember opening my eye. Well, I felt like I'd opened my eyes, but I couldn't move. And there was um, a dark-haired boy lying on his back next to me on in the bed. 
It was, it was, yeah. it was very strange. Um, I, yeah, I, I could have sworn it, that he was there and then I, I somehow managed to jerk myself awake and then, of course, he wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like the first time I had it, I was just a kid and I could not move. Like I was frozen in bed, open my eyes, and the silhouette from the shadow of my doorway, which is like, looked like a bear. And I was like, oh my God, there's a bear. I was convinced there was a bear. And then slowly, <laughs> after what feels like five minutes of staring at it in terror, trying to scream, uh, it fades away into the silhouette and then you come to and you kind of wake up. This was different. Yeah. Right. It, this was like, I was able to move. I sat upright, I saw it, I said something at it, and I looked at it and I was frozen. And then it sort of did a similar thing to the other sleep paralysis events i've had where it, it sort of disappeared and lost definition and just kind of faded out somehow you know right which makes me wonder if it was really there but did you um, so when it when it did that you're still sitting up holding your knife is that right yep. so yep, what right. what did you do then you put your knife put your knife down yeah, and I, honestly it, i felt so calm like i immediately woke up i was like shit scared part of my language like i saw it and i, I was like that's why i grabbed my knife i was like holy crap what are you um, pretty much. And I felt a bit scared. And then after I was frozen, I somehow got really calm again, similar to how I was in the, in the, the dreamlike thing that I had. Like I, like I wasn't scared. I realized, oh, okay, this is just sleep paralysis. I remember thinking that and I didn't feel scared anymore. And I just put the knife down as soon as it ended. And I fell asleep like a brick immediately. Like I just passed out. Wasn't, I didn't have any adrenaline, nothing. Just like went straight to sleep, which I do think about it and go, geez, that's weird. Because like, usually I'd be pretty, um, pretty, you know, excited from something like that happening. And that's the other thing, like, you know, in that state, like talking to the two things, it's, it really was like I was in my most basic state. Like I wasn't afraid. I wasn't excited. I was just me existing as me. And so I didn't have any aggression towards the, the things that I saw that came up towards me didn't even cross my mind like I was just staring at them like going oh okay hello like I'm looking at you and just kind of accepting what was happening and yeah I suppose I have to stress that you know particularly the second one it it really didn't have an aggressive vibe at all like it was really just curious in almost like a stern way like it wanted to know who I was I feel like it was a little bit annoyed at me about the knife thing like it really wanted to know am I aggressive that was definitely what it asked me so I had to answer for that, you know. I wonder if, depending on what you'd, like if it was a different person who was perhaps a bit aggressive, I wonder what would have happened to them. Well, honestly, if that's what scares me to think because if I feel like if I'd acted aggressively, particularly with that first thing that came over to me, like that thing's scary. I, it gives me the shivers when I think about it, like what it looked like. I feel like with something like that, you know, if, I, if you were to be aggressive with it, there's nothing I could do. It was bigger than me, taller than me, athletic as hell, and had the head of a, a dog. Like that thing's going to have teeth, you know. I didn't see any teeth, but it would. Yeah, <laughs> and the eyes yeah. were the eyes were brown. You said the second one, it had brown eyes. No, the, so the first one I meant. Did you? Did you? Oh, the, the the first one, the eyes were quite inset and not very big at all. They weren't large. Um, they were very much like a dog's eyes. I would say they looked black. They either had like a black pupil mm-hmm. that was quite large or they were very, very dark in colour. It was hard to tell because it was nighttime. How, um, how long ago did this happen? Pretty recently. This is, I think, on the night of the 26th of August. Okay, great. So 26th yeah. of August, 2021. Yep. How interesting. Yep. The Aboriginal women you met, they didn't yep. say much about that first 
dog-like yeah, creature. That's really a bit strange, regret- isn't it? I, yeah, I wish I could go back and actually um, question them again um, because that's the thing I didn't get much info on. They told me – I got it, managed to glean a fair bit about the second one, what they believe that was. Um, but the first one, I didn't get anything about it, and I think I was more preoccupied with the second one, honestly, when I was asking them questions because that's the one I had a conversation with. Yeah, so I actually don't have any information on that at all. And so if you have any sort of similar experiences that you can link me or send me about that – I would love to read more into it because I just if people did. are seeing that sort of thing, then that's that's really interesting because I, I have, like I, I'm not a consumer of this sort of content to you know to begin with. So particularly being out there in, the, in WA, I hadn't looked at anything to do with hairy men or wolves or dogs or apes at all any time recently before this happened. So I don't like I don't think it was like a, a dream that was inspired by something I'd seen that day. Yeah, you know, I. Um, I can certainly have a think and direct you towards. I'll have to have a w- work out which numbers, which number of reports they were. There's yeah. one we have of a man. This was near Woi Woi. A man was driving his car at night uh, with his wife, who was asleep, and he noticed a creature running on two legs, keeping up with his car, and looking yep. in the window. But it had a muzzle of, but not a really yep. long, pointy one. Just a bit of a muzzle. Um, okay. Oh, well, in, in what I remember, like it, it seemed like this muzzle was maybe, oh, trying to guess length here, maybe probably at, at the largest would have been about 20 centimetres long. Yeah. That's what I remember. Someone I also interviewed recently, uh, he had a up close, this, this being was actually in a, a thorn bush and he'd gone in to r- rescue this dog that was stuck in the thorn bush and being pulled into the thorn bush by something, they managed to wrestle the dog out and he stuck his face in the hole where the dog had been and comes face-to-face with a creature that looked simian-like or ape-like to start with, but then yep. when it changed expression on its face, it, it, it was curious and ape-like to start with, but then when he yelled to his mate to come and have a look it got really angry looking and he said it was weird because the face seemed to elongate so okay. that it looked more dog-like. Now interesting. He, yeah, yeah, really interesting and he couldn't explain how that could happen or but he he looked he was it was ape-like to start with and looked really curious and friendly and female, yep. he thought it he got the feeling that it was female. He looks away to call to his mate, looks back and the ex- the expression has changed, and the face is now more aggressive looking and more elongated, uh, and more dog like. Mm. So, yeah, very Maybe. interesting. Yeah, well, actually, that's what I wanted to mention to you on the phone. Um, so, so oh wait, uh, can I keep telling you about what I what some of the original people I talked to said? Yeah, please. Yeah, go yeah. for it. So, um, so I talked to those three ladies, right? And they told me um, what I told you, so that the elders had taught them about spe- specifically about that place or that thing, and they said, you know, you turn to the trees and tell it who you are and why you're there and they'll leave you alone. The youngest one actually turned to me. She would have been in her 40s. She said, yeah, man, like, the elders, they taught me the same thing, but if I'd heard any of those noises, I would have got the fuck out of there. (laughs) (laughs) And they all just laughed at that. Um, I left those three, and there's another family by the waterside um, who were celebrating their boy's 13th birthday. His name was Boyo. That's his nickname anyway. I had a chat to him about it, and he was actually quite forthcoming. He would have been in his 30s. He was quite forthcoming about what they believed in the hairy man. He he was saying, um, 
I think he said it was a short hairy man, little hairy man. Oh, like a, um, I think they call them over in WA, uh, they can call them brown jacks or wood archies is one of the other terms. They uh, were definitely calling it yongu. Like it was called a yongu, yeah. Oh. I don't know how you spell that, but I think like yongu. 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 Yep, that's what they called it in their dialect there. Both of them said the same thing, like the ladies and that guy. Um, he was saying that I think he was he was leaning towards the side that it was more of a more on the spiritual side. Like he he was he was saying that um well this is what he said to me and this is why I'm I really want to to see if I can maybe even talk to some some of the people that you've talked about particularly from I think the Sunshine Coast there was an indigenous fella that was telling about the encounter he had at Kappa Dam I think oh Wapa Dam Wapa Dam and it's Billy yeah yeah. Yep, yep. So he, he actually started talking about little hairy men and had a bit to talk about them, or the little guys, he called them. And there's another fellow who was talking about um, down south how oh, I, he was telling me about he saw some going across a river crossing. He saw a family of them. He also had an uncle who would talk to them in a cave. He mentioned something about the little ones being more like spiritual guides. Anyway, I just that sort of struck a chord with me because this whole thing felt more along those lines. What am I actually talking to an indigenous guy who who would actually be willing to to like share a bit with me about it? Because I'd like to know more. You know, I'd love to know what they believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, um, well, anyway, um, unfortunately, I'll... Billy, we we haven't been able to contact Billy since I did yeah. that interview maybe nine months ago or something like that. And Billy wasn't well then, and okay. I ha- and he didn't answer my email when I told him we were about to publish that. Uh, report on YouTube. I tried to call him, both numbers were disconnected and I tried to email him and I didn't hear back. So I don't know if he's still with us um, and if he's well or not, but sadly we haven't been able to get in touch with him. The other Aboriginal fellow I think you're talking about might be River Morris and he's someone who who I message regularly. So I could potentially arrange that. And there's quite a few there's pro- there's quite a few reports that we haven't published that we've got a bit of a backlog of reports that need to be transcribed and and put on the database or we make it we don't make YouTube videos out of all of them yeah, just because yeah, time we don't have time to to do all that but okay. there could be some other ones I'll give it some thought but there could be some other ones that haven't been published that talk about this yep. dog like creature as well. I'd like to really know more about that because I don't have anything about that. So that boy I guy I talked to um, in Halls Creek, not Carolyn Paul, no, Halls Creek, he said that, um, yeah, it's hairy men. He said that they only move at night. He said that the, you cannot see them unless they reveal themselves to you. He said it's curious about who you are. He was alluding that they are his belief. What he was saying, what they believed is that they're usually traveling long distances at night and they're looking for someone or they're looking for something. And he said that if you're not the thing they're looking for, you're fine, but they get curious about you, but they'll leave you alone. Um, but he said, if, he said he was alluding to, I, I think that they can go and take people. And what he was talking about is they believe he said, you know, in black magic. And he said that, you know, the people in their tribes up there can be taught if they're the right heritage, he said, and the right, you know, age, they can get, they can, they're given the option to learn their black magic. And he said that, I think he didn't say it specifically, but he was alluding to, I believe, that someone could set a hairy man to go get someone. And he said he said that, you know, the Kimberley up there is filled with black magic. And he told me a few other stories which aren't really relevant to the hairy man thing, but yeah, that's that's what he believes. So he was kind of I think, you know, I don't know what that means if it's slightly more 
spiritual or if it's a real physical creature, I don't know. I, but, I've, um, I've heard both stories of both. That yep. I've heard, you know, encounters that uh, are, that are with a real flesh and blood creature or appear to be yeah. that are able yeah. to pick up rocks and throw them at people. So, and and you know, the the witness, the one that I'm thinking of particularly, and I think that what I think that's the one from down near Jarradale in Western Australia, but that was a smaller one. But it certainly picked yep. up a rock and threw it at him that whizzed past his ear. I, I've actually chatted to a few times now uh, a guy called Joel who lives up in Queensland and he was given uh, a Junjadi, which is the smaller ones, a Junjadi spirit by an Aboriginal couple as a, as a thank you for something he did for them. And the Junjadi spirit's like, name is Brownie and Brownie helps Joel hunt down bad spirits and demons yeah. but in an astral plane not not in the real not 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 we exactly so yeah, and okay. i've heard a lot well, of might... and i have no reason yeah. to doubt joel at all he's he's a um pretty level-headed kind of guy so from yeah. what from what he's told me that, that there's definitely well several other aboriginal people have told me was the brown the brown jacks or the junjadi the little ones are Half spirit, half flesh and blood. You know, they're they're both. Well, that's that's the impression I've got, honestly. When I thought about it, that that's the thing I keep coming back to is it didn't feel like it was a pure physical thing. It felt like it was a bit of both. Yeah. You know, something definitely called out at me, and if it was it, then that it can it's able to make a physical noise. You know. Yeah. Um. And but it, but also like a I was talking to it in like a dreamlike state. You know, and yeah, it was really cool. Honestly, in hindsight, I mean, I'm really stoked that that happened with the um, particularly with the short hairy men. Um, oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to mention too. So, you know, if you want a good sketch of what it looked like, right? Mm. I did some research and I looked up different hairy man stories. And there's a great sketch. If you go onto Google and just type in uh, hairy man, New South Wales, uh, Jerrawarra, J-E-R-R-A-W-A-R-R-A, I think it's spelled, Jerrawarra in Google Images. Maybe it's Jerrawarra. Hold on. No, I've got something there. There's definitely a... a... So there's a picture of a kind of got a light brown orangey face. It's walking with a side profile to us. Yep, Jarawera. That's it. Short hairy man. Yep. Yep. Weirdhistory.com or something. Um, Yeah, that's the one. So that. So that's not quite what I saw. That's very close though. So the same fur, same hair, is nearly identical to that. The face is very similar to what I saw there. So. That blank expression it's got, that's nearly exactly what I saw. However, the one that I saw, it looked like it was a bit taller than that one and it was a bit less thick set. It wasn't as stocky and ape-like. It was a bit more slim, uh-huh. a bit more upright and had more of a neck. That's very similar to what I saw. So that sort of face just staring at me. Yeah, same yeah. same skin colour. Really, that's nearly, nearly, nearly right, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, so that's very similar to what I saw. Yeah, wow. I don't have a good sketch available of the other one, but I, I, I think I'm pretty sure I could find one because it looked honestly just like a like a sketch of a freaking werewolf does. If you <laughs> if you Google Dogman in the United States, there's lots of illustrations of that Dogman creature. You might find something that looks a bit similar to what you saw. But that's yeah. wow, Sam. Thanks so thanks so much for share, reaching out and sharing that with us. That was absolutely yeah, no fascinating. 
Yeah, I got into like, because I've been sucked in a rabbit hole of like looking up these sort of things, trying to figure out what's happened. <laughs> and um, of course, came across your, your YouTube stories and some really good ones there for like people seeing the big ones. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, I'd love to have a chat to you about that too. You know, But yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm super stoked and also kind of a bit scared because it's like, honestly, when I've been camping by myself now, like I was up in Springbrook National Park and I had a campsite to myself at night in the rain. Mm-hmm. And I'm not usually afraid of the dark, but like I was like basically running in the rain to the toilet block with a knife and a head torch on me. <laughs> I was like, it's like, like I'm not, I'm not okay at the moment with with being by myself, and no, it's it's, sh- it's shaking me. Like it's not logical because I'm like, oh look, the chances of running into something if it, if it was real, mind you, I'm still holding on to the thing that you know this could just be a dream and a coincidence, a big one, but it could be a coincidence that someone told me what I saw in my dream and it was just a dream, you know. Unusual to dream of. Those particular creatures, with the, with the descriptions that you've given me, if you haven't yeah. if you haven't been thinking about them, you haven't really researched, no. you haven't really put much thought into them beforehand. No, not familiar with this at all, and um, it's just they're nearly exactly what a lot of people have described. Yeah, um, that's that's what's surprising. The hairy man, the short hairy man one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and so I've heard just... descriptions of the other one too, and and there's lots of encounters. In fact, there's a an American show called Dogman. Dogman Radio, something along those okay. lines. But there's quite a few American shows dedicated to the Dogman creature, if you're interested in finding out. Okay. There's not yeah, as, well, not as much over here. Yeah, I'll have a look because, you know, if that was a real thing that I was seeing, like, or, you know, it was actually there, um, well, yeah, I mean. Oh, that's really cool. Intense. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. But, yeah. like, oh, I, a big part of me, because I, I like things that scare me. Like, I'm, like, I'm. I sort of believe that if you understand something, it's not scary anymore. Yeah. So it makes me very curious. Like I really want to know more because it's kind of like opened my eyes a bit and gone, holy shit, there might be an entire world of this sort of thing or all these things that we just don't understand properly, even as white white people, at least in Australia, don't. Um, and it's exciting. And like I'm like, oh, I want to know more. Like a part of me really wants to go back to that gorge. Yeah, I want to go there the too. Other part of me, <laughs> the other part of me does not want to go back to that gorge because it's terrifying. Because yeah. what if, what if, what if I have an encounter again and it's not like particularly the first one? What if it's there? What if it doesn't want me to be there? You know. And the other thing, like after talking to a few people about it, and sort of my gist that I picked up is I heard that roar. Right. The roar, I think, was the let's call it dogman. The brap that I heard, that brap, that really guttural yell, that. I think was the hairy man. And um, someone else said to me that, you know, so I told the story to, to a friend and they went, you know, man, it kind of sounds like the hairy man was looking after you, you know, yeah, maybe like, you know, maybe because it was there, the other one didn't have a go at you because it yelled out right after the roar, like immediately after the roar. And it came over right after the, the first one came over. So it's kind of like, I don't know if they're working in conjunction or if they're two separate things or spirits, yeah, but I don't know how many people you, you talk to that have actually had a conversation of sorts with one. And I think that's – if it's real, then that's like – it's pretty cool. Like, I'd, I'd love to give you more detail. I'm trying to remember if there's anything else I've left out. It was really cool. Like, it was very awesome talking to it. Like, having that experience, you know, because I was asleep, he was able to do that. Yeah, maybe. You know? Yeah. Pretty pretty cool. Pretty like, cool, I just, yeah. Yeah, I want to I want to know more about it. You know, <laughs> I want to. <laughs> I wish I could sit down and have a coffee with it and be like, "Hey, so what are you?" <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, mate. I would love to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, um, and then now I'm now I'm awfully curious about like the other side of it 
which is because I've been listening to all your different accounts and either everyone's making stuff up or people are really having proper experiences of like eating like big ape-like creatures in the in the bush. Well, they are. I've, like, that's the conclusion I've come to. I interview people every week and I've been doing this for a couple of years now. Definitely the conclusion that I've come to is that there's not all these crazy people out there. People are coming across these giant hairy beings and they're also coming across lots of other weird ass things that yeah. uh, I, I have no explanation for but I I don't doubt the vast majority of people that I speak to yeah. seem to me to be entirely genuine uh, yeah, well, they saw something something happened yeah like the other thing I want to stress to you too I know it sounds like a pretty fantastic story and um, I just want to stress that like I'm not a dishonest person I don't lie about anything and this is everything I've told you is exactly what happened to me. Mm. Um, and it just sounds so ridiculous because, you know, I look at it from an outside perspective and go, okay, what are the chances you've had this crazy sort of experience? And then you just happen to run into like someone the next day that can confirm everything that happened to you, you know, but it, that's, it's, it's ridiculous, but like this hundred percent happened to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not someone who talks about this sort of stuff at all. Like I'm, I'm honestly quite atheistic and quite, quite, um, what do you call it? Cynical. Like someone has to prove something to me pretty irrefutably for me to believe it. But this is sort of something that I haven't really experienced before and I can't really explain that any other way. Mm. I have no proof either. There's no way I can prove any of it. But yeah, I generally, this generally happened to me. And so I really want to reach out after I saw, like you're sort of the only group that I've seen that have been like, maybe they have someone I can talk to about it or yeah, yeah, yeah. We. <laughs> I'm really glad you did. And look, uh, if you're heading out Springbrook Way, that's uh, a good spot to be, good spot to be searching for them because that's yeah. where Dean and the rest of the team go quite a lot. Is that is the yeah. Springbrook area, and they've had quite a lot of interesting encounters and sightings there. So, yeah, uh, you might end up having another one if you're heading out that way. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be opposed to it as long as I don't get hurt because, like, some of those some of those um, stories sound pretty terrifying. Oh yeah, like it is like it, full and getting chased or you know, getting stuff happening around them physically. It's yeah, pretty, yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty, you know, yeah, pretty um, scary, suppose, especially by yourself. I don't recommend going by yourself. That's, that's yeah, honestly, I, I'd rather not be in the alone by myself in the bush now. Like, yeah. it's just the thought. It's the thought of like that first one. If that thing is physical and real, if that's actually in the bush. Holy crap, that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> that's scary. I've, I, yeah, it, I wish I could take the picture in my mind and give you a sketch of it. But it just just powerful looking, you know, real real strong looking. Mm, goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, and just, yeah, just swift. Like the way they moved was just like almost magical. Like they're just so quiet, so smooth. Just came out of the darkness really, yeah. straight over to me. Recently, I was camping out at Brugia State Forest with some rock climbing friends and um, – I was telling them the story around a campfire. It's probably the best retelling of the other story. Everyone was on the edge of their seat <laughs> in the darkness. But anyway, I was describing the dog man, and I hadn't got to the dog part yet. I was just saying there was this big, tall, brown-haired thing. My friend pipes up, and he goes, did it have the head of a dog? And I went, what the hell? Yeah, it did. And um, he goes, yeah, okay, I've got a story to tell you. And he told me a story after I told my story. And it was um, he, he had a friend, him and his wife, who was there, both have a friend they respect very much and isn't really a storyteller. It doesn't make stuff up um, that they trust. And he has a story from when he was about 11 at his, um, on a friend's property 
on an ATV. His friend took him out the back of this property to a creek, which had a cave in the end of it. And they went to down an ATV and went into the cave. And his friend was saying, hey, yeah, this is where it lives. And like, there was like bones on the floor, apparently, and some scratch marks on the wall. And his friend was like, look, we got to go now. So they got back on the ATV and they were riding out. He sees his friend. He said that he looked behind him and they were getting chased through the trees by like exactly what I just described. Right. <laughs> his friend said, yeah, he was like, yeah, it's like a tall, muscular, leaf, brown-haired, dog-headed, had claws though. Um and, you know, was running after them and basically stopped at the edge of the trees like a force field was there. But that's, like, terrifying. I'm like, oh, my God, because he, he kind of described what I saw before I told him, you know? Yes. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's scary. There's so many stories like this out there. I'm like, holy yeah. crap. I mean, there's got to be something going on with this. <laughs> and the thing, and the thing is, is <laughs> like, like anything else, yeah. what's reported to us is only the tip of the iceberg. Usually you can be pretty sure that, that – there are way more reports out there and more, more occurrences of this happening, more incidents, but not everybody thinks to or knows that we're here or thinks of reporting it to us. So yeah. there's lots of other stories out there. I'm convinced of it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, have you had any like direct experiences of this sort of stuff? Like, No, not, my, not myself. Like I, I, I've had the, certainly had everything go quiet and felt that sense of unease that a lot of people report. Uh, I've, yep. I've smelt a really bad stenchy smell. Uh, yeah. yeah, everyone reports that. Yeah, it's so really... I've, I have smelt that, but I haven't, I haven't seen one or, or heard one yet. But, and I, it's funny though because I used to be really keen to see one, but after now, after I've spoken to so many people, uh, I'm I'm not 100% convinced that I actually want to see one because yeah, it'll scare I, the crap out of me. Yeah, well, honestly, like <laughs> I relate to that feeling. A lot of the a lot of the like the interviews I was listening to the, that young fella who was camping by himself in a tent, and he said he stayed an extra night because he was curious and like he saw the thing with the diamond shaped eye. Oh, that's right. Yes, like, that fella. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. I related really hard to what he was saying about afterwards being really afraid to be in the darkness by himself and you know not looking under his ute and all this <laughs> because that's how I feel. I'm like I'm really wigged out. Like it's fully given me a bit of fear of like the unknown. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I you know honestly it's an awesome experience. Like I think the experience I had was pretty pretty unique and pretty special in a way because it was peaceful and I had a conversation and it was. That's really cool. Like, I don't know if that's ever going to happen again. Yeah. But also, yeah. in a way, shook me up a lot. So. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. It's, it's paradigm changing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's really made me listen now. Like, when I hear, because honestly, when I'd hear people talking about yowies, I'd go, yeah, right. Come on. Like, if there was a 10-foot <laughs> beast living in the, like, living in Australia, we'd have fossils. We'd have bones. We'd have caves where they live. Like, it'd be so much evidence of it, you know? So, I always kind of went, oh, okay. Yeah, right. But after this has happened, I'm going, okay. Yeah, no, I'm actually going to listen to your story because I wouldn't lie about something like this and I know that someone else like me wouldn't lie either. They wouldn't make it up. So there's something going on. Definitely. something. <laughs> they're out there. What exactly they are, we don't know, but there's something out there. Well, there's yeah. lots of somethings out there. And that was Sam with his very strange yowie dogman encounter. What do you think happened there, folks? Was Sam dreaming or sleepwalking or astral travelling or something else entirely? One of the many things I found interesting about Sam's experience was the moment when he woke up, sat up, grabbed his knife 
and then felt frozen. It reminded me of the encounter of a man I interviewed from Pemberton, Western Australia, in the far south of the state. He was living out in the bush by himself in a homemade humpy shack and woke up one night to find not only was he himself paralysed and couldn't move, but his dog, who was sleeping down next to his legs, was also paralysed. He then realised he could see, by the light of the moon, a couple of bush rats who were frozen in the middle of eating something with their little paws up near their mouths. He stayed frozen for quite some time and at the same time could hear heavy bipedal footsteps tromping through the bush, getting closer and closer to him. Those footsteps stopped as right near him, stayed some time like that, and then left. After whatever was making those big, heavy footsteps moved away, he then found that he could move. There are also many reports of the bush suddenly going quiet, as if the birds and insects were suddenly silenced. It's almost as though time stopped. If you've got any ideas about what's going on there, please get in touch with me and let me know. I also found it really interesting that the original Australian women didn't have much to say about the dog-headed being. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but there doesn't seem to be much mention of beings like that in original Australian law or, or even Dreamtime stories. I could be wrong about that, so let me know, but I personally haven't come across many references in Aboriginal culture to a dog-headed bipedal being. We do get them reported to us, though, particularly in the last kind of year or so. So are they a recent appearance on the paranormal cryptozoology scene? unlike in the United States where there's quite a long history of dogman sightings and they also appear in Native American law? Or are they appearing here due to the strange times that we're living through at the moment? Do they have anything to do with interdimensional travel or a portal connected to other planetary bodies or other universes? Is it a manifestation of the final days as written in the Bible? Let me know what you think. Also let me know if you've seen a Yowie or had any unusual experience that you'd like to share with the Yowie Central listeners. I'm always taking submissions and I would absolutely love to hear from you and I promise I won't think you're crazy. So get in touch with me via yaoicentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group. Yowie Central will be back next Wednesday. I'll catch you next week. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. 
glint of your diamond ring. Your fancy jacket won't be worth a dime when you're sucking the blood right out of your spine. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.